It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Thursday, August 18th, 2022. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. The results of Tuesday's special general election for U.S. representatives won't be official until possibly as late as August 31st to allow overseas ballots to arrive. Nevertheless, if voters in Sitka and surrounding communities had the final word, Mary Paltola would be representing Alaska in the U.S. Congress by a long shot. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports on local returns from Tuesday's primary and special general elections. The Bethel Democrat leads Republicans Sarah Palin and Nick Begich by 6 and 9 percentage points respectively statewide, but she doesn't have the 50% majority to be declared the winner in Alaska's first-ever ranked-choice election. In a second round, the results could flip depending on the second choices of voters. But in Sitka, Peltola was the runaway winner by 36 points over Palin and 41 points over Begich with almost 59% of the vote. Sitka Precinct 2 Captain Dorothy Orbison was happy with the turnout a couple of hours before polls closed Tuesday evening. So steady all day? Uh, Busy all day, not just steady, busy. 911 voters cast ballots in Sitka's Precinct 2 on Tuesday, and 815 cast ballots in Sitka's Precinct 1, which is on a par with the 2020 general election when Joe Biden was elected president. The only recent primary to see this kind of turnout was in 2014, when the ballot had a contentious proposition about the oil tax. Mary Peltola was also the favorite in many other communities in House District 2. In Tenneke, she took 79% of the vote. In Port Alexander, 65%. In Angoon, Peltola won 61% of the vote. In Yakutat, 56%. And in Cake, 50%. Peltola's success faltered in Petersburg, where she took 36% of the vote, tying with Sarah Palin, and in Pelican and Elfin Cove, where she took only 31%, five percentage points behind Palin. As expected from these results, voters in our district also preferred Peltola in the primary election to fill Don Young's House seat on a full-time basis. Palin and Begich were a strong second and third place, and a third Republican, Tara Sweeney, eked out enough votes to get the fourth-place spot on the ranked-choice ballot voters will see in November. For a high-profile candidate, it's noteworthy that Sweeney picked up 11 votes in Sitka's Precinct 1 and no votes, zero, in Precinct 2. In other key primary races, Sitkins were just as pronounced in their choices and just as misaligned with the rest of the state. Senator Lisa Murkowski's four-point lead statewide over challenger Kelly Shabaka is closer to 35 points in Sitka. For governor, Sitkins also flipped the statewide spread, giving 42% of their vote to former Governor Bill Walker, an independent, and giving 27% each to the Democrat Les Guerra and incumbent Republican Mike Dunleavy. Those three will be joined by Republican Christopher Kirkup, who took only 4% of the vote statewide, and, like Sweeney, received no votes in Sitka's Precinct 2. For state senator, Sitka Republican Bert Stedman was the runaway favorite in the primary, taking 67% of the vote over Petersburg Republican Mike Sheldon. Both will appear on the ranked choice general election ballot in November. For state House, the seat being vacated by Sitka Democrat Jonathan Christ Tompkins, things are a bit tighter. Sitka Assemblymember Rebecca Himshoot took 54% of the vote to former Huna Mayor Kenny Carl Scaffelstead's 46%.
but in this district that's only a difference of 237 votes. Outside of Sitka, there didn't seem to be a clear voting pattern. The race was surprisingly close in Huna, for example, while Scaffolstad was the clear favorite in communities like Cake, Kassan, Thorn Bay, Pelican, and Elfin Cove. Like the race for state Senate, both candidates from the House District 2 primary will appear on the general election ranked choice ballot in November. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. Since Russia invaded Ukraine in February, we've heard many stories of refugees escaping the conflict and coming out of the country. Stories of people going in, however, are a bit more rare. A former music teacher in Sitka is one of those stories. What began with a suitcase full of bandages and other medical supplies has evolved into a one-man humanitarian relief effort. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. Hi, my name's John and I'm an American who is traveling the world. Uh, right now, I am in the city of Irpen in Ukraine, and I would like to introduce you to my friend Yulia. If you're in Sitka, you may have seen this YouTube video circulating in your social media feed. In it, a man in a burgundy polo and a baseball cap gestures to a woman on his left in a periwinkle dress peppered with tiny white flowers. They bump fists after he introduces her, and he cringes, rubbing his knuckles, pretending to be in pain from the force of her fist. And she laughs. It's clear in that moment that they're good friends. Hello, my name is Julia. I'm from Ukraine, and I'm paramedic. From the first day of the war, I start training people in first aid. Uh, As Julia talks to the camera, she's in sharp contrast to the building behind her, blackened from missile fire. Yulia is a former flight attendant turned military medic in the war in Ukraine. The man next to her is former Sitka music teacher John DePilatus. They're raising money for medical supplies, or as the name of their fundraiser suggests, to help John and Yulia save the world. But how did this American teacher end up in Ukraine? I, I just walk the earth. For eight years, from 2006 to 2014, Dee Pilatus was the band and choir director at Sitka High School. Being a music teacher left his summers free to travel to faraway places. I have been all over the world. Um, generally, my style of travel is to go uh, find really interesting things sort of in places where angels fear to tread. The trouble seems to find me one way or another. He was teaching in Washington, but after some time navigating teaching music during COVID, DePilatus decided to take a year off, using some money he'd saved to travel. He took the opportunity to visit some friends he'd made over the years in Ukraine, in Kiev and some other cities. His tourist visa ran out in February of 2022, so he went to Bucharest, Romania to secure a work permit. As he parted with friends, they had a running joke. If things went badly, he would meet them at the border. And um, that is ultimately what happened, is um, when the war started, I was just flabbergasted. And, you know, everything I'd read told me this was a really bad mistake for, for Putin on, you know, by any metric. And so I couldn't believe it was happening. People here couldn't believe it was happening. He was in Romania when Russia invaded on February 24th. I, I sat there for a week and I, I was... Like, well, what do I do now? Do I just go home? And then I, I realized, I sort of remembered this joke that I made. And so I contacted my friends and I said, maybe you should come to Romania. He reached out to a vacation rental in rural Romania where he'd stayed before, and they wanted to help. 
In the coming weeks, he brought two of his friends and their children there. We were living in a rural farmhouse together with uh, uh, three women and six children, and um, hilarity ensues. Uh, you know, I couldn't stop the war. I couldn't protect the people, but I, I, could, I could protect these few. I could get them to safety. I could look after their children. Early on, his thoughts also turned to his friend Yulia. The day Russia invaded, he called her, fearing for her safety. Eventually, she got back to him. She'd gone straight to the military recruiting office, and by the end of her first day, she'd trained six officers in first aid. The two stayed in contact as they could, and then one day in June, he heard from her again. She sent me a message. She said, John, I need your help. Uh, my plate carrier has been damaged, and uh, I'm about to ship out to Bakhmut. If, if you know anything about the what's happening over there, that's that's bad. Yulia asked if Dipolatis could find her a protective vest in Romania and mail it to her, but the mailing options were limited. None of the major carriers were operating in Ukraine due to the war, and the Romanian post office said it would take six weeks. I was like, well, I guess I'm going to Kiev. So I did, because what, what else could I do? You know, I mean, when your friends are in trouble, you take care of your friends. So Dipolatis filled a small suitcase with hemostatic bandages, tourniquets, and her protective gear. The trip took him around 30 hours on trains and buses because planes don't fly in anymore. When he finally made it, he met the Ukrainians in Yulia's battalion and realized that the suitcase he brought wasn't enough. The needs are just endless. And um, talking with the guys in the battalion, these people are, you know, were just months ago, they were bus drivers and they were store owners and they were teachers and bakers and, you know, farmers. After DiPilatus made his delivery, he says he found his presence wasn't all that useful. So he left a few weeks after he arrived. Now he's heading to Skagway, back to the music classroom. But before he left Ukraine, he filmed a video with Yulia to fundraise for more medical supplies. He plans to get the money to her before her battalion deploys in a few weeks. We've raised about six and a half thousand, um, which is enough that you can kind of look at it and go, wow, that is that is going to make a dent. You know, that, that, that people are going to um, to survive that wouldn't otherwise. Deepalatis knows that their fundraiser won't exactly save the world. No matter what I do, uh, no matter how much money we raise, no matter what I accomplish, it's it's not enough. This this war isn't going to stop for a long time, and people aren't going to be safe for a long time. You know, I have the desire to fix it all, and but I can't, and so I have to do this. I I have to. There's not a choice. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. You can find a link to the GoFundMe Help John and Yulia Save the World on our website at kcaw.org. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. 